Hello and welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast, organised and run by Dublin City University. Teachers Inspire is an Ireland-wide initiative that seeks to celebrate teachers and to recognise the transformative role they play in our lives and in our communities. My name is Louise O'Neill and I am delighted that I have been asked once again to curate and share with you the many uplifting stories about teachers who have made a difference in your life. Check out these stories and more on the website teachersinspire.ie So we are coming close to the end of the current podcast series, which means that we are also closer to knowing which four teachers will be presented with a Teachers Inspire Award for 2022. I have loved recording this podcast. It has allowed me to speak to some of the men and women who nominated a teacher, and you'll hear more from them in another episode. They have all shared their stories, and each was so powerful in its own way. And I can honestly say that each and every person we spoke to, whether they were a nominated teacher or the person who made the nomination, showed such authenticity. It was inspirational to listen to them. Many of the teachers we have spoken to and about were role models for their students. And often they were unaware of the huge impact they had on their students and their students' future choices. The future and how it may look inside and outside education and academia is something I am very much looking forward to discussing with my guest today. Dr. Evie Nihulawan is an assistant professor in the School of Mathematics and Statistics at UCD. And she is passionate about many things, including STEM. And in her spare time, she is also chairing the Citizens' Assembly on Biodiversity Loss. Okay, Evie. Now, amongst your you know many jobs, um, you're just incredibly accomplished, but you are a university lecturer and researcher now. But you've also been a post-primary teacher. Yeah. So when was that? Uh, so a meandering path into everything, uh, I think, is, is what I've had. But I went and I started a PhD in London, actually, and realised that I didn't want to do that. It was in mathematical biology um, and I loved the sound of it. But at the time when I was did doing you love it, the sound I, know, I really of it. did. I really did. And I <laughs> I'm like, a, why? How? <laughs> I had a scholarship for four years, but I was just really unhappy and yeah. had to take a, a step back and just go, OK, what's wrong? What do I want to do? And I, I had finished my degree. And I'd started to get really surprised by all the people that I was meeting to say that they really hated maths and Mm. why on earth would anyone want to do physics? Um, And then I realised my mother was right and I should be a teacher because I really wanted Mm. to be surrounded by people. Uh, So I decided then to stop that PhD. I went back um, and then did my postgraduate diploma in education and taught in St. Mark's Community School in Tala um, as as an unqualified teacher first and then as a student teacher and then as a teacher. (laughs) And I taught uh, maths, physics, uh, applied maths and junior science there and learned so much from those kids. It was amazing. Um, and then I got an invitation to um, to do a PhD then in Trinity. Mm. And while I loved teaching, I loved being in the classroom, I loved being with my students. There was a lot about the system that I thought needed changing. Mm. And I still think that and I'm still wondering what the best way of, is of, you know, 
affecting change but I thought you know well maybe academia is the way of doing it so I did my PhD then looking at specifically teacher education and the best way for teachers to learn about their practice um, in their work and then was very lucky that a position came up in UCD uh, so I'm an assistant professor in mathematics education in Mm. the School of Mathematics and Statistics and they had just started an initial teacher education programme so where where students undergrads can decide to become a maths and science teacher so I I do think it's wonderful. It's something that ECD does very well. We don't ask the sixth years in their CAO to define exactly what they want to do. We just say, if you think you want to do science, come here. And after first year, you'll have a better idea of what you Mm -hmm. might like. And after second year, you should know then what your Mm -hmm. degree is. So you go in one door and you go out 27. Um, So five of those 27 are to become a maths and science teacher and I am the programme director of that. So any of the undergrads who are thinking about becoming uh, a maths and science teacher in UCD, they come through me and I absolutely love teaching them. Um, It's given me great freedom in, you know, planning the curriculum and designing what they learn as maths and science teachers in UCD. We really want them to be mathematicians and scientists first and then educators second, Mm. developing into that throughout their whole studies. So they they do it for five years in total. Um, And so it's something I'm really proud of. And now I have somebody in my class who's a past past student of one of my UCD students. I think that means you're old even. old but so also over the same age it's fine <laughs> I'm a bit older than you yeah. <laughs> but it's great to see that like yeah. that's something that I did want to um try and impact basically the education system and the biggest way of doing that in my opinion is through the is through teachers yeah. and so if my teachers are going out now no, that potentially influencing others to become teachers that's a really good sign I'm delighted yeah and you said earlier about like that you I suppose that there was change that you would like to see yeah like, in, in what terms or uh, it's still there in, in the terms of like what a teacher does in their day to day and how the system can support them better mm. um, like You see all of the time, there are so many teachers who are willing to give up their free time for the benefit of the students in their class or for their colleagues, you know. But we don't do that or we don't allow them to do that in a way that's very supportive, in my opinion. And we don't provide them with professional development that they're actually asking for. And a lot of that needs to be collaborative. It needs Mm -hmm. to be school based. It needs to be properly funded. It needs to be properly resourced. It needs to be with materials that they will actually want to use and Mm -hmm. can reflect on in their classrooms. So it's still something that I'm hope well, that I think we can do an awful lot better on. And I hope that maybe some of the research and work that I do can influence. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, teachers are so influential and education is such a fundamental yeah. pillar of society that we need to value our teachers and teaching mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we can do in that regard, mm. I think we should. Mm. And did you always want to be a teacher? No, this yeah. is it. I, I was, was going to say, like, was your mom a teacher? Like, or your dad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are they? Um, so no more than yourself, Louise. So both my parents are uh, teachers. Okay. My mm. parents actually met while my mom was on teaching practice and my dad was the principal of the school. Oh, wow. like, he was a very young principal. And this sounds like a rom-com. Yeah, just yeah. Waiting in, to be written, in, in you know? rural Ireland, it really is because he had a, a local man who used to cycle every and, and used to tell him Tewe uh, or Tewalia because uh, he's from Galway like okay. a big foreigner in the middle of Mayo um, <laughs> so yeah and my parents are teachers I have a few aunts who are teachers cousins who are teachers so you yeah. know the, you know the yeah, way it yeah, is it's a family business and I swore I wouldn't do it <laughs> you know but I loved it and I love it I love teaching I, yeah. I really do love teaching my undergrads it's a very different uh, way of teaching um, as opposed to your secondary school classroom it's, it's totally different but I, I do enjoy being yeah. in a class with learners. Yeah. And in what way is it different? Um, 
teaching in a secondary school is full on like yeah. from start to finish you are just on and you're on your feet and you're interacting yeah. with them non-stop you maybe have maybe a, a hundred students going through your hands every day um, and I love it like it's crack it's banter every class is different you have all your personalities and you yeah. need to keep track of them you know and keep an eye on how they're going so it's just challenging you're on your feet it's buzzed up it's energy it's full intensity university is very different it's a different pace we don't have the same hours um, of teaching mm. but we have absolute full control over your curriculum mm. and over your assessments and I really enjoy that part of it mm. Um we have different types of engagement as well, but I think you can very much direct that according to your own style. So it's a, just a different way of doing it. Mm. Um, but you still get that enjoyment of, you know, having learners in your classroom with you. Yeah. You mentioned earlier now you're the programme director. I mean, again, another sort of um, string to your bow. You're the programme director for the BSc in Science, Mathematics and Education in UCD. So your research is focused on maths education mm-hmm. now and particularly teacher education. And I, I am aware that you hate when people say this, okay? I know you're going to be annoyed at me now, but I did struggle with maths in school. And I think, you know, I suppose, and a lot of that was probably coming from my family saying, oh, we're not good at maths. Mm. You know, like Mm. our brains don't work in that way. We're better at languages or or literature. And I suppose, like, I'd love to know about like the research you're doing and, and is that trying to make, you know, STEM subjects like maths more accessible to people like me? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm not annoyed with you for yeah. saying it. It's, I, it's not your fault if you yeah. didn't enjoy mathematics. I guess I feel culturally it's something we just need to keep an eye on because mm. I do think in Ireland we can flippantly say, oh, sure, I was never a maths person. I wouldn't worry about it. We are more language people or whatever yeah. it is. And, you know, none of that is backed up by the research to say that your brain works in this way and not the other way. It's not a, um, you know, it's not one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we just need to be careful about that, that in our language. But I think those stereotypes, unfortunately, are pervasive in films and in mm. sitcoms, you know, that mm. if it's the person who's good at maths, they're a bit nerdy and obviously can't have that many friends and they prefer being on their own. And I just think it's such a disservice because I work with mathematicians, you know, it's a highly creative, highly collaborative field. Mm. Um, I think if you joined us in our School of Maths and Statistics, which is the biggest school um, in university in Ireland, like there's about 60 of us, I think um, mm. it's it's a big disparate group and there's a lot of crack that happens. You wouldn't think it like mm. maybe from the outside, but like it's a hugely collaborative subject. And I think we don't teach it in that way. Mm. Um, It's something that I do with my undergrads a lot. I ask them to think about the subject and are we teaching it to create mathematicians or are we teaching it for a textbook and an exam? Mm. And unfortunately, I think that's what we're doing an awful lot of. And so mathematics is actually should be very much based on a dialogue and a discursive classroom where we're like actually presenting our work and our ideas to each other because there is always more than one way to answer a mathematics question. Mm. Um, and I was somebody, Louise, who never thought that they were good at maths. Okay. You know, like I failed my Christmas test in sixth year. Oh, and really? I was just like, that's it. Now, that's the proof I needed. I'm dropping down to ordinary level. And thankfully, my dad said, no, I think you need to give it one more try and we'll get your grinds for six weeks because, you know, it wasn't a thing where everyone had grinds for the whole year long. We couldn't afford it either. Mm. But he said, you can get six weeks of grinds. You can go to your mocks and then we'll see. And it was literally somebody else explaining it in a different way and I bought the textbook from the boys school and I just did that from cover to cover and so I was like oh 
that's I, I got that. You know, I was kind of looking for it to be more complicated than it actually was. And mm. I really think mathematics is down to how it is explained to you. And if we do more of that discussion and that peer learning um, and that dialogue in the classroom, mathematics becomes the subject that it is in real life and not the subject that it reflects in a book. Mm. And not like the, the textbooks often aren't written by mathematicians. Um, so I don't think that they are reflective of what the subject is. So I do think we've a, a, a history in internationally of mathematics being considered as one that only geniuses can do well. And unfortunately, with all of the societal norms that we have, those geniuses tend to be male and they tend to be white and minorities can get locked out of those subjects then and we see a lack of women in the sciences more broadly. Specifically, we call it STEM. um, It's the P-STEM subjects that I'd be looking at, which is maths based, which is kind of, you know, your physics, your engineering, your computer science. Um, And there is a there is a disparity there of the people that go into it. Mm. And a lot of that goes all the way back to the classroom. Unfortunately, it starts at about age six. And how we talk to our younger selves and how we talk to our children is really important about that. Even the growing up in Ireland study that came out last year, it found that girls who are high achieving in a classroom in primary school, their parents and their teachers often think that they aren't doing as well as the boys. But they are comparably in all of their tests. But our perception of them says, oh, they mustn't be. Or the girl themselves will internalise and say, well, maybe I got the same, but like I had to work twice as hard. So I'm obviously not as good. And that's just not the truth, you know. So there really are. It's a lot of cultural norms and societal messages and considerations of what it looks like to be a mathematician Mm. that kind of pervades all the classrooms. So that's something that I'm hopeful that the graduates from our programme will start to, you know, to challenge. Yeah. Actually, um, Evian, as you were speaking, I was thinking of this Barbie that I had. Well, I'm sure have you heard about this Barbie? So we, you'd, you'd press a button and she would say things like, you know, pink is my favourite colour and, and want to go shopping. But there was one line where she says, math is hard. I, Very I, American, math and math is hard. I used that in my first year example. Oh, really? They're, they're horrified. Yeah. Thought, you pressed a button on your doll and it said, math is hard. <laughs> Discos are fun. Uh, but you still see it in, you know, like T-shirts. Yeah. Too pretty for maths, you oh, know. Um, and you're like, well, no. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like it really is. So I do think it's important that we 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 challenge those messages and that we have role models that we can look up to in all aspects of life, not mm. just for maths, but in all aspects of life where there seems to be, you know, a gender disparity. Like we should have more female farmers and more female yeah. f- politicians and yeah. definitely more female mathematicians out yeah. there, you know. So yeah, I just think it's it's good for us to highlight the positive stories about it yeah. rather than the, the negatives. Yeah. And I mean, you're really fighting the good fight with that because I think you've been so high profile in terms of being like, this is what a, you know, for somebody who loves maths, this is what a, you know, this is what it can look like. Thank you. I mean, I I feel like a bit of a charlatan now in that I don't work as a professional mathematician anymore. I I work in maths ed, but like I did do my undergrad in theoretical physics and I absolutely loved it. And, you know, (laughs) those people in my class are still like really good close friends. Uh, One of one of them actually. Uh, works with me in UCD and he he studies gravitational uh, waves and black holes like he's one of the experts in the world on that so we took a different route but we started yeah. out at the same point but like you know we were working on our 
our assignments and our, our problem sheets together and it was comparable. So it, it's just really to kind of get that message out there that mm. anybody can be good at something. It's just about practicing it yeah. in the right way. And hard work, I suppose. Yeah. Um, now, as I said, I've mentioned like a million things that you're you're doing at the moment. You sound like you're very busy. <laughs> you're very busy. Um, and I know like you've co-presented 10 things to know about on RTE and you were talking earlier about, um, you know, that you've been chairing the Citizens Assembly on biodiversity loss, which is obviously very important. So like, why do you take off these opportunities, Evie? That's a very good question. <laughs> I do ask With myself. With your, you know, like your, your two small <laughs> kids and like your full time job. Yeah, um, I don't like, I guess part of it is my consideration of what education is in the first place. And I, d- I think that that's not restricted to the formal classroom setting. Mm. Um, so if if you think of yourself as an educator in any sort of way, and I do, you know, that's public engagement and informal learning as well as what what you do in a classroom. Mm. Um, and so I was catapulted into media totally by accident. Um, and, you know, that that all began with throws a tree long time ago. But with that, I started to talk about physics and the things that I really enjoyed. And I guess that just kind of snowballed into being a science communicator mm. and happily talking about science in a way that I hope is accessible mm. to other audiences. And so when opportunities come around to continue doing that, I, I, I just, you know, I jump at them because it's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, the Citizens Assembly on Biodiversity Loss has been a complete eye opener. I've mm. learned so much in that process. Um, it's such a heartwarming experience that 99 random members of society will put up their hand and say, yeah, I'm going to give up six, actually seven weekends of my time and not see my family or my friends, but jump into a room with all these strangers that I've never met before and we're going to do some work together yeah. and come up with recommendations for the government. But those people learned so much in those seven uh, weekends from presenters from all across the world in all walks of life. And, and they were taking in that information and then, you know, bringing it back as recommendations that we can give to government. And I hope that my role in that as chair was to make sure that they were learning as much as they needed to, mm. but also that we are communicating that back yeah. in a way that we can in an accessible way. So, so it's about education for again. For me, yeah, it yeah. kind of all boils down to, yeah, what can we do to, um, to have a more societally like a society that's more engaged and for that to happen I think we need to be more scientifically literate especially Mm. nowadays there's so much information hitting us Mm. from Mm -hmm. all aspects and particularly on social media we need to be a bit more discerning about well hold on what's that information telling me who's telling me that information why are they showing me that graph that looks a bit funny oh I actually don't believe that because those numbers are all all over the place you know so I I think it's all part of us um, becoming that engaged society and to do things as a society as a humanity together we need to have a good level of education for that so that's mm. kind of where it all boils down to mm. um, and yeah and I suppose you know coming back round to Teachers Inspire which is why we're here and that's you know really celebrating the work of teachers um, outside of the classroom and how they help you know and inspire kids so I suppose this is quite a charged question mm-hmm. but Evine, like do you think in Ireland that we value teachers enough? I don't think we do. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it is potentially a charged question, but I do think it's easily answered. Yeah. I mean, as I've said, you know, teachers are really key to mm. to learning, but to society. You know, they look after all of our young people um, from an early age. You know, I am so grateful for the teachers that my, mm. my little boys have mm. um, in their crash right now. Like they're teaching them so much, but all the way through. 
um, teachers have such an important role to play and they impact the learners in their classroom, do you know? Um, and I, I, I do say to my student teachers so often, like it's a privilege that you have, but it's also something that you, you have a lot of responsibility as a teacher. And so in that, I do think we should be um, kind of celebrating them more, which is great that this this podcast and, you know, awards do that as well. Um, but I probably think with the teacher shortages that we're having at yeah. the moment that we need to be uh, putting even more support behind that. Um, yeah. I do think we, we, we don't pay our teachers yeah. well enough. Um, they are highly skilled graduates. Mm-hmm. They are in high demand across mm-hmm. the world for a reason. They're well, well educated and they're driven um, they're organised, they're enthusiastic, they're innovative, they're creative. You know, they're the ones who are bringing the next generation with the place they yeah. need to be. Um, and I love that, like, Ireland has a really good um, education for sustainable development strategy at the moment. But who's key to that? Teachers. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> it all comes back to teachers. They're a cornerstone, like, yeah. they really are. And we had a great history of respecting our teachers so well in our society, but that has kind of dissipated. And I guess it has, you know, with we're, we're, we're introduced to far much more in society right now, but it's not on the career highlights of as many people as it probably should at yeah. the moment. And we need to do our best to bring it back to that. Um, and I say that as somebody who, yes, I left teaching in the classroom, but I always keep up my registration because I do mm. always think maybe I will go back. And yeah. maybe when my boys are older, <laughs> I'll go back, um, you know, because I do think it's such a rewarding job and it's so lovely to meet your former students. And yeah. I love meeting my teachers, you know, from my yeah. secondary school and having chats with them now and, you know, sharing with them, you know, well, that was really influential. And, you know, I had a great physics teacher who talked about like time travel and that like ignited so much in me that I was thinking about it and I was like maybe I want to go and study this later in university so yeah, yeah teachers are integral I think we should be paying them more mm-hmm. I think we should give them workable contracts that are more full time and I think we should be providing in their contracts uh, for more time to allow them to be the professionals that they are rather than having to do that in kind of open time that they're not acknowledged for yeah okay so now I know what your next job is going to be <laughs> after this you're okay, going to be lobbying me. for teachers Irene <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming in today it was so good to chat to you thank you to Dr Evie Nihulon for joining me for this episode you can find out more about Teachers Inspire and links to other episodes of the podcast at teachersinspire.ie and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts until the next time